Welcome to Splash, a podcast that is part of the disciple-making initiative of the Tennessee District of the United Pentecostal Church, creating Apostolic Network in every community. And I'm your host, Tucker Johnson. Welcome to Splash. On today's episode, we will be listening to the second lesson of a Disciple Maker Initiative Network. This lesson will be given to us by Brother Jonathan Ellensworth and is titled, A Disciple Maker's Life. This lesson will discuss how disciple making is nothing that we add on to our day-to-day lives, but is something that naturally flows with us wherever we go and whatever we do. It's something we live, not something we have a scheduled time to do in our day. It is showing people how to think, act, talk, and live like Jesus. This is going to be great information. We hope you enjoy. Listen up, pay attention, take notes. A Disciple Maker's Life. The alarm clock goes off and you roll out of bed ready to face the day that lies ahead of you. You go about your morning routine getting ready for work, aware of the time and All that you have left that's undone. If you can leave within the next few minutes, you can swing by the coffee shop on your way, and hopefully there are no unexpected interruptions to your schedule to delay your departure. So if most of us are really honest about all that we have going on in our day, the last thing on our minds when we wake up is disciple-making. It's natural for us to fall into the rhythm of life and become preoccupied by the stresses of our daily lives trying to earn a living, raise a family, volunteer your time to good causes. All those things can dominate your life. And adding in the time to be a disciple maker, well, that can just be overwhelming. Today we want to break the myth that disciple making and our daily lives are two separate entities. In our day, we usually have our habits and routines. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Grocery shopping on Tuesdays. Church on Wednesdays parent-teacher conferences. Maybe we squeeze in some gym time or we go for a run if the day allows. We tend to view disciple-making as a separate item on the to-do list, similar to having a business meeting or picking up the dry cleaning. Just something else we have to squeeze into our already packed day. But disciple-making isn't meant to be viewed as a completely separate part of your day. It's not an item that is to be marked off. It's not a different hat that you wear. Rather, disciple-making is just to be a part of who you are. Disciple-making flows naturally from the daily life of a disciple-maker. It is not a task, a ministry, a burden, or a mission, but it rather it's a way of life, as natural as the one you are living right now. Disciple-making is not something added on to our normal activities, but is an organic reflex that occurs during the normal process of life. Paul wrote in Acts chapter 17 that in Jesus we live and move and have our being. So from the moment I get up, it's about Jesus. Going through my daily life, I need to be living to be the example of Him to my circle of influence that we talked about in last week's lesson. Seems like a high standard, doesn't it? Well, if you think our church has high expectations, 
you should have been a disciple of Paul. He told his friends that they should imitate God. In Ephesians chapter 5, Paul was telling them which attitude to embrace and how they should speak and treat others. He said that living their attitudes, their words and actions should be identical to those that Jesus chose. If you think about it, that should be the standard we all set ourselves. Only by imitating God can we actually be Christ-like. So a disciple-maker's life in every way should be a life that Jesus would be comfortable living. Jesus was always teaching, feeding or helping somebody. Touching others was never just a task he checked off his list. Neither was it something he scheduled to do only on Saturday mornings at 10 o'clock before the men's breakfast. These ministering moments occurred as naturally as he ate or walked to the market or passed a neighbor on the street. These actions developed as he went about his everyday ordinary life. It's when we imitate this behavior of God that we become effective as disciple makers. A good definition of disciple making is showing people how to think, act, talk, and to live like Jesus. Notice it doesn't say telling people how to do those things, but it stresses as you imitate Jesus, you are showing your disciples how to as well. Disciple making is the ongoing evangelizing of a person moving them from unbelief to faith. The person you are discipling may be a practicing sinner or a baptized convert, but the goal of disciple making is to help your friends take the next step in the right direction. It's always about the next step. And depending upon where the person is and where they are, what they are experiencing at the moment, that next step could be emotional, physical, or spiritual. Disciple-making always leads to truth. God's Word is truth, John 17 and 17 tells us, and you cannot imitate God and ignore truth. If you remain in my Word, then you are truly my disciples. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. John 8, 31 and 32. Disciple-making always leads toward faith. Faith in action can be described as complete trust in God, evidenced by an appropriate response to His Word. Colossians 2, 6-7 summarizes the power of responding to the taught Word of God. As you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith as ye have been taught and abounding with thanksgiving. James said that if we only hear the word but never obey it, we deceive ourselves. So as you lead your disciples to truth, their faith will push them to obey it. As a disciple maker, your life should be one that Jesus would be comfortable living, one that leads those following towards truth and faith. Jesus invited his disciples to walk along with him as he lived and walked in everyday life. It was this fellowship that allowed His disciples to see the character of God in action. As your disciples walk alongside you in your everyday life, they too will observe how God's Word translates into daily living and will not just be a follower of you, but they will become an imitator of God as well. Now, this may be a big step of faith for some people, and to live and act as Christ 
can appear to be a task that is too big to accomplish. Can I really live a life where God's Word is translated through my actions? How can that be easy? Well, I enjoy reading, and I love books. I have found that one of the books that I read as a child has helped bring clarity to this disciple-maker's life. I'm speaking, of course, of the literary classic, Where's Waldo? I know, I know. You probably prefer books with words in them. But when we take a closer look at Waldo, it helps us bridge the gap between our understanding of disciple-making. See, many of us scoff at the idea that finding Waldo is difficult. Why is that? Well, firstly, the goal of Where's Waldo is right there in the title. It's about finding Waldo. So the mission is clear from the very get-go. We are looking for Waldo. That's it. It can't be more simple. Find Waldo. But what does Waldo look like? Have you ever tried to find Waldo without knowing what he looks like? It's a pretty impossible task. Sure, you'll run across Waldo, but you won't really know that it's him because you won't give him a second glance. You don't know what Waldo looks like. So the second step of Where's Waldo is knowing what Waldo looks like. Luckily, they have pictures of Waldo on the cover and in the front of the book so you know who to look for. But because we are so familiar with Waldo in our culture, we don't think about having to know what he looks like. We just start trying to find him. Once we know what Waldo looks like, we can begin the process of finding him. But then there's the third obstacle that we run into of finding Waldo. There are those who are dressed like him and are placed as distractions of finding the real Waldo. You catch a glimpse and for a brief second you think, I found him, but at the end it's just a wolf in sheep's clothing or something to throw you off the trail of the real Waldo. Then lastly, there is the distraction of all the life that is taking place around Waldo. If you let yourself being pulled into the distraction, you can get derailed from your task and be engrossed by the, the crusades, that the scenario that he's in, or the day at the beach, or the Hollywood movie sets. How much time is wasted by all these distractions? So you see, finding Waldo isn't as easy as you think. Rather, it's the mindset of determination we take when we approach finding Waldo that allows us to believe that it is easy. What if we flipped this and actually thought of the Bible as easy to understand as a Where's Waldo book? The Bible is a book about Jesus. It's a book about discovering who Jesus is, what He looks like, how He thinks, and how He acts. So if the purpose of the Bible is to find Jesus, it's that simple. It's all about finding Jesus and growing in a relationship with Him. That's it. When I determine in my mind to find Jesus and draw closer to Him, the distractions fade away and the Word becomes simplified. When we are filled with His Spirit and we study His Word, Jesus is revealed to us. What He looks like, how He responds to difficult situations, how He treats sinners, and how much value He places in you that He would send His only begotten Son and die on a cross for all of our sins. Then He invites us on this journey of network to seek and to save the lost.
And when I make sure I stay in relationship with Him, when I'm praying and reading God's Word, I'm letting Him guide and lead my steps. I know what He looks like, and I start to see Jesus in the places that I go in my day-to-day life. Matthew 25, verses 35 through 37 and verse 40 says, For I was hungered, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee, and hungered, and when saw we, and fed thee, or thirsty, and gave thee drink? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as you have done it all unto the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me. See, we have to know what Jesus looks like so we can go and find Jesus. When we know what He looks like, we won't be so easily distracted by the things in this world that will try to be our God and distract us from what we have been called to do. Those wolves wrapped in sheep's clothing, those ideas that appear Christ-like, we can discern those and not give them more than a passing glance not give them our full attention and allow them to draw away from our true purpose. When we have His mission of making disciples at the center of who we are and live our life looking for Jesus, we aren't distracted by the chaos of life that surrounds us. We just live life focused on living like Jesus, finding Him in the course of daily life. It's imperative if we are going to be effective disciple makers that we make sure we are keeping the lines of communication open in our walk with God so we can follow as the Spirit leads us. There are four essentials for disciple makers. The first essential is a disciple maker must be convinced. You must wholeheartedly believe that you are attempting to live and teach in the ways of Jesus. Insincerity always bleeds through. The second A disciple-maker is a disciple. You can't take people where you've never been, and your disciples are depending on you to grow so you can show them the next step they need to take. The third, discipleship begins at home. The most powerful witness is a multi-generational apostolic family. Don't fail to be the priest of your home. And the last, the fourth, A disciple-maker is always discipling. People are following you. Where are you taking them? Your assignment this week is to make sure your life actions are in alignment with your commitment to live like Jesus. Apply the four essentials for disciple-makers to your life and start living intentionally. This has been another great lesson of Network. But today, as I close out, I just want to challenge you. Are you living the life? Are you living the life of a disciple maker? Does your life show in and out how Jesus would live? Would Jesus be comfortable in your life? Ask yourself that question. Would Jesus be comfortable and happy with the way I'm living? Am I able to bring someone closer to God by the life I live? Am I walking day in and day out as a disciple maker? Am I taking opportunities to reach the person beside me, to reach the person next to me, to take them one step closer to living for God. Am I living a disciple maker's life?
Ask yourself that today. Are you living a disciple maker's life? Is it is something we live? It's not something we schedule a time in the day to do. This is something that flows with us. When we see an opportunity to reach for someone, we take that opportunity. This is something where our conversation always end up going to taking them one step closer to being with Jesus. So I challenge you today. If you're not living that life the best you can, take that one step for yourself to be closer to God so you can take that person beside you or next to you one step closer to being with Jesus. Thank you for listening to Splash today. Cast your nets and be fisher of men. We'll see you next time.